You're listening to Comedy Central. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Yo, uh, did you see the Twitter red flag thing that everyone is talking about? What's, what's a red flag? And then everyone's just writing like random things. When he says, can you borrow me $20? Red flag. You shouldn't be. You know what, what's, what's crazy about red flags for me is, first of all, red flags are purely subjective, right? Like red flags are, like, it's like one person's red flag is another person's green flag. Because some people are just like, oh, when he's too close to his mom. And then other people are like, yeah, I like that he's too close to his mom. And also like every relationship is a red flag. Everyone who gets into it, like it's all a red flag. If someone comes up to you and talks to you, that's a red flag. Who talks to a stranger? What kind of person is that? That's a red flag. Let's be honest, all these things are red flags. I wanna take you out to dinner. They don't wanna take you out to dinner, that's a red flag. They want the thing that comes after dinner. All these things are red flags. Relationships are red flags. That's what you should just say to people. Anyone who's like, I wanna be in a relationship, red flag. Red flag. I want to spend time with you. Red flag. Who wants to spend time with other people? Red flag. I don't care what anybody says. All of the shit is a red flag. People are like, that's a red flag. Yeah, relationships are red flags. And that's what you got to know going in. I take you to be my red flag through sickness and in health, for better or worse. Red flag you till the day we die. That's what love is. Love is taking else, someone else's red flags and living with them. Coming to you from the heart of Times Square, the most important place on Earth, it's The Daily Show, Ears Edition. Tonight, the Earth is so thirsty, Hollywood gets a facelift, and Rosario Dawson. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. Our first story is about space. It's the place where we're the aliens. And I'm sure you guys saw the big news today. William Shatner, Captain Kirk from the old Star Trek, actually went, actually went into space. And not fake TV show space where you travel to new worlds and have sex with green women. No, this was real space. Where you go a few meters over the technical boundary of the atmosphere for 11 minutes, which is not long enough to have sex. But yeah, oldest person ever to go to space, which is amazing. Like, I don't know about you, but I love it when old people break records, you know? That's why so many people support Tom Brady. I mean, your grandpa can't throw like that. And if you ask me, 90 is actually the best age to go to space. Cause what's the worst that can happen? You die? Yeah, so what? At 90, dying in a rocket is basically best case scenario. Now, I, I know from down here, it's starting to seem like going into space is becoming routine. 
but it's obviously moving for the people who get to do it because Shatner tried to describe the trip after he got back and it clearly, clearly cut him deep. Everybody needs to see the, it was unbelievable to see the blue cover go whip by And now you're staring into black. That's the thing. So you whip off a sheet off you when you're asleep and you're looking into blackness. This is life and that's that. And it's in, in an instant, you go, wow, that's death. That's what I saw. That's amazing. That's amazing. I am, I am overwhelmed. I love how he's like, this is the most powerful thing I've experienced. And people in the back are like, ha ha, I was in space. <laughs> the space was spacey. This was life and death. I said, did you see they take a selfie in space? It was really emotional, actually. I mean, it also is William Shatner. You know, that, that's kind of, kind of how he's been delivering lines for decades. It doesn't matter what he says, touching the void between life and death, reason and madness. Such are the deals you can find on Priceline.com. I will say it's, it's pretty cool that he gave an Amazon review about his trip to an actual Amazon guy. That was pretty cool. No one gets to tell Jeff Bezos about his products to his face. And by the way, this whole thing made me wonder, do you think Jeff Bezos is just secretly swapping us out one by one with clones? Because like for all we know, he secretly built a factory on the moon, right? And then when you go up there, he just replaces you with a clone. And now your clone is on earth praising Jeff Bezos and the real you is working in the Amazon warehouse. You ever think about that? He's just sending us up one by one, switching us around. You don't know. Could be. Could be like one of those crazy scams, you know, where Amazon does that kind of thing. Just like a... Ronnie Chang. Hey, oh. what's going on, buddy? Oh, hey, sorry, uh, my, my phone died, so I was just looking for like a book for the commute home, you know? Um, don't, don't let me interrupt, sorry. It's, Doing. You sort of interrupted by, by walking behind me while I was doing the thing. Oh, oh, you're doing a thing right now? Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're taping oh. the show. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be quick. Uh, let's see, uh, Nelson Mandela. Uh, I don't think, Ronnie. Ben Carson. Ronnie, why don't you just after the show? Gettysburg. I mean, <laughs> dude, we, we get it. You're black, all right? We don't have to keep going. Well, that's just one section of the books. You know, you can, you can tell a lot of someone by what books they keep. Uh, I noticed your book isn't here. So why would I keep my own book on a shelf? I mean, if you valued your contribution to liter literature, then maybe you would. I, I what, was your, what was your book called again? Was it Baby Criminals or what? Guilty as Charged or I Did It? You know or what, was, that, was that OJ or? Ronnie, Ronnie, pick the book. Yeah. Oh, oh, hey, did you, did you hear about that William Shatner thing? The guy went to space. The guy from Star Trek went to, Star Trek is uh, this American TV show. I just, I just did that. It's an analogy for socialism and working at uh, The Gap. Um, yeah, I, just you, did, I just did that on the thing. Yeah, yeah, you see, the guy's crazy. He was 90 years old, he went to space, it was insane. I mean, yes, it, I just... Yeah, I, just, I mean, it either proves that, like, William Shatner is the strongest human ever, or that going to space is nothing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, all those videos we see of astronauts training for months, like you don't need any of that. You just need to have breath and you can, not, if you're not dead, you can go to space, apparently. Also, also proves how much uh, white people 
don't love their grandparents. Because I mean, <laughs> I've never sent my grandparents to space, you know what I mean? I wouldn't even send my grandparents to Times Square. This place is insane. Anyway, I'll, sorry, I'll, yeah, sorry, I, was, I was talking, it's a good point, but I was, no. thank you. <clears throat> All right, um, uh, let's make like nobody in history and move to North Korea. You probably know that every year, Kim Jong-un throws a big parade where he shows off all of his latest military hardware, right? It's how we find out which high-tech missiles they're gonna crash into the ocean next. But yesterday, yesterday, North Korea released footage from this year's weapons display. And people, uh, the only thing I can say is, uh, holy shit. Showcased at this latest event were more than missiles. Soldiers performed high-flying martial arts kicks, smashing blocks. A soldier crashed through a block with his head and a bare-chested soldier fought off all comers. Sweet Jesus! You see that guy? That guy fought off like six dudes at one time. We're gonna smuggle him out of North Korea and get him to Waffle House ASAP. Your new champion is here! The other guy just ran through like a block of concrete. Like, I didn't know North Korea was deploying Kool-Aid Man technology. That's pretty wild to watch. And that wasn't even the craziest stuff. They bent pipes with their throats. They broke out of chains like a shaved King Kong. And look at this, look at this shit. Let me tell you guys, man, if the plan to defeat North Korea was to make them lie down, cover them with concrete blocks and hit them with sledgehammers, America is screwed. Not that that impressive. I'm sorry, what? Uh, I I was just saying that, I mean, man, we've been watching Americans on TV do that for, for decades now. I mean, do you think that's scary? We should send them, we should have a versus between those guys and uh, Chris Angel and David Blaine and uh, yo, David Copperfield. Yo, yo, okay. Those guys have been okay, lying on that stuff. Go to Vegas for yo. one night. That's rougher than what those guys did. It's one thing for you to interrupt the show. Don't interrupt the show with bullshit. That was impressive. Have you, you run through bricks with your face? Oh, I mean, not me. I've seen people do it. If we want to scare the North Koreans, send them jackass one and two. That shit is scary as f- North Koreans would be like, these Americans are insane. Yeah, but like, also- It's well, still impressive. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's impressive if you, you grew up without watching TV. I mean, I've seen that, I've seen that act before. I mean- Those were real, that wasn't like fake, that was real. Okay, sure, so if North Korea decides to invade and destroy America's crumbling infrastructure, maybe I'd be a bit more worried, but- with, I don't know, man. I think you're I, jaded. I just think, I think you j- Have you found your book yet? Just no, I'm still, look, I, it's not a lot of choices, okay? Just, just like Bible. I don't know why you come to my bookshelf to find a book. Anyway, finally, let's move on to some good news James from the Wood? animal kingdom. Out in Colorado, there's an elk that somehow got a tire stuck around its neck. Yeah, and nobody knows how this happened, right? I mean, maybe it's a CrossFit thing. Maybe he partied too hard at a Toyota-thon. Maybe that's just his outfit for the Met Gala. I don't know. But, but that elk had a tire stuck around there for two years, right? And what's amazing is that he didn't seem unhappy about it. This elk was just rolling with that the whole time, which makes sense. Like in the elk world, wearing a tire around your neck practically makes you a wizard. I mean, everyone else is just a boring elk. And then this one elk is a quarter of the way to being a Jeep, you know? But that all came to an end last week when park rangers were finally able to get the tire off of his neck. Although how they did it might not have been the way that the elk would have wanted. Our other officer, Dawson Swanson, was able to uh, sneak within range and was able to make a good shot with his tranquilizer gun. Officers Murdoch and Swanson first trying to cut the tire off. Unfortunately, once you get to the steel bead, you know, it was really slow going. But they knew the tranquilizer wouldn't last long on the 600 pound elk. 
So they went with plan B. We ended up just cutting the antlers off, pulling the tire up over its head. Young Eddie the Elk finally free of that accidental accessory. And don't worry, no antlers, no problem. These animals will grow another set of antlers next year, and he will function and live a perfect and healthy life. No, come on, you cut off his antlers. Yo, think about it, man. This elk is gonna have to wait a whole year for those antlers to grow back. In the meantime, he's gonna get clowned down at the elk barbershop. Elks are just gonna be like, look at this no antler having motherfucker right here. Shit, you bammy looking ass, you ain't got no antlers. Like, you oh, can't- Oh man, that was his thing. The tile was his thing. I mean, it looked like, it's, it looked like the elk like saw like a mounted head elk and was like, that's the part I need to protect. You know what I mean? And so he wore, wore a rubber thing and it was like, he survived like two hunting seasons. Like that was his magic. Don't, 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 don't take that away from him. All right, that's all the time we have for the headlines. Let's move on. Oh, to our... these are green. Man, the whole time I'm trying to figure out your classification system is by color. These are green books. I get it now. Ronnie, just take a book and go, please. Okay. Just pick okay. the book you're gonna read okay. and go. Okay. Uh, okay. Also, can, can I have this as well? Is that just all right? Take, I, just go. Yeah, just I, take it. Just like go. the sound. It's very relaxing. So, it's fine. And like one green book. That's it. Yeah, just okay. go. Thanks. Thanks, man. See you. See you. Just go. Where's the exit? It's the same as the entrance, Ronnie. Oh, okay, I found it. See it, see it. Right. Oh, oh, damn. All right, well, that's, that's it then. All right, that's all the time we have for the headlines. Let's move on to our main story, which is about drought. Thanks in part to climate change, some parts of America are now drier than a two-day-old Popeye's biscuit. And that could have huge consequences for everyone, whether you live in those areas or not. And you're about to find out why in another installment of Oops, We Killed the Earth. Water. It's the one snack you can share with a houseplant. Water can come from a number of sources, like rainfall, melting snow, or ringing out Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. But for years now, parts of the American Southwest haven't been getting enough water. And lately, things have gotten even worse. The American West, vast stretches of land, mountains, fields, the ground baking and cracking. Nearly half the country in the grips of a mega drought. The worst drought since at least medieval times. This is one of the worst, if not the worst, sort of 22 year period of lean years we've seen. A mega drought on steroids, fueled by warming and drying from human-caused climate change. For the first time ever, the federal government has declared a water shortage on the Colorado River. Now that's triggered mandatory water consumption cuts for states across the Southwest. Utah's Great Salt Lake is drying up at historic rates, as more than 90% of the state is crippled by extreme drought. Utah Governor Spencer Cox has declared a state of emergency and called on people in Utah to reduce their water use and pray for rain. We need some divine intervention. Okay, I know he's desperate, but it's not very reassuring when the people in charge are like, whew, this is a tough one. I'm going to kick this up to God. But if a politician has to ask for divine intervention, at least a mega drought is a good reason. 
You know, I don't want to hear Joe Biden going, Heavenly Father, we pray for your divine hand to raise thy debt ceiling and to rid the land of all malarkey. And, you know, you know, come on, man, just do it, man, come on. But you heard what they said. This drought has been going on for 22 years and counting. And at some point, it's not even fair to call that a drought anymore. Your ass just lives in the desert now. And you may want to start praying for rain when you hear about all the effects that a drought can have. Like, we've all seen the wildfires all over the news over the past few months, right? At this point, living in California during the summer is like trying to beat that fire level in Mario. But the effects of drought go far beyond wildfires. Because even if your home doesn't get burned down, the drought might make sure that it's not powered up. These droughts aren't only affecting water supply, but also the renewable energy infrastructure that depends on it. In California's historic drought, the water level in one reservoir dropping so low, they've had to shut down its hydroelectric plant. Lake Powell is now at the lowest level it's been at since the 60s, and the dam is getting dangerously close to not being able to produce electricity which would impact more than 5 million people across the West. Back at Hoover Dam, Lake Mead has dropped so much that it's cut the dam's hydropower output by nearly 25%. At some point, the dam could stop producing electricity altogether. The Hoover Dam provides enough power each year to serve 1.3 million people across Southern California, Nevada, and Arizona, and help keeps the lights on in Vegas. Wow, can you imagine Las Vegas without the lights? That would look really sad instead of just feeling sad and smelling sad and being sad. But yeah, the fact is that we need water to make electricity. So if we run out of water, not only will we die of thirst, but we won't even have the battery power to go online to bitch about it. And I know some of you are thinking, oh, I don't live out west, Trevor, so this doesn't affect me. So I don't care anymore because I'm a bad person. Well, you're not just a bad person, you're also a wrong person. Because when California doesn't have enough water, the whole country will feel the pain. The historic drought across the West is already impacting the agricultural industry, and cattle ranchers across the U.S. are selling off herds because they cannot afford to feed them if they can find feed at all. If you don't have rain, you don't have cows. If you don't have feed, you can't have cows. And so it all boils down to the rain and the water. Perhaps nowhere is the pain currently more poignant than on the farm. California has been going through droughts now for a number of years and they're not gonna go away. This is a fallow field where there's not enough water to plant. No water, so that's the rice dying. This would not just affect the state, but the whole country, since over a third of our vegetables and two thirds of our fruits and nuts are grown in California. As California's drought gets more severe, farmers are now being paid to not grow crops, to save water in agricultural areas. Whoa, farmers are getting paid to not grow crops? I've never grown crops and nobody's paid me shit. But that's right, a lot of America's food comes from California. Almonds, olives, grapes, avocado. Basically, if it's in a white person's salad, it was grown in California. And that's the lesson here, America is interconnected. The whole country depends on California to provide its food. The same way it depends on Wall Street to provide its recessions. Like, imagine a world where we can't get any produce from California. Then, even for me, how am I gonna enjoy my morning bowl of Fruit Loops? Huh? What do you mean there's no fruits in Fruit Loops? It's, it's in the name. Yeah, what, so what do you think, they're just lying? You're an idiot, man. Why would they call it fruit? There's the red fruit and there's the green So, what can be done to avoid living in a world where the produce aisle is empty 
and we're all forced to talk to our loved ones because there's no electricity. Well, obviously tackling climate change would help, but in the meantime, drought-stricken areas will have to be more efficient with the water they do have. And that means taking some drastic measures. The mega drought has forced Los Angeles to think outside the box about what to do if the city's share of imported water dries up. One potential source, the city's wastewater. What comes from our showers and toilets? LA engineers and scientists are working on an ambitious plan to by 2035, turn LA's wastewater into LA's drinking water. LA Mayor Eric Garcetti couldn't be more confident in his city's plan to go from toilet to tap. Just want to be super clear that by 2035, the four million residents of the city hopefully will be drinking this stuff that started uh, hours ago in our homes and showers and toilets. Absolutely. Guys, this is just sad. People are going to be drinking each other's bath water. My condolences to the people of Los Angeles and my congrats to the perverts of Los Angeles. And it's not just bath water. They even have a plan to make toilet water safe to drink, or as it's known internally, Project Dasani. So that's the situation. Without action, this drought could affect the way we eat, the way we drink, and the way we even power our homes. So either we gotta come together and dramatically change our lives to protect our future, or we have to take a cue from the governor of Utah and hope we can pray it all away. And I know which one I'm doing. Please, God, do something about the drought. Please, 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 I don't want to drink toilet water again. Please, Lord, please, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I only want to drink it on special occasions. Please, Lord, please. All right, when we come back, Lewis Black tries to get in on the latest Hollywood scam, and Rosario Dawson is joining me right here in the studio. You don't want to miss it. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Welcome back to The Daily Show. When a news story falls through the cracks, Lewis Black catches it for a segment we call Back in Black. Movies! They're like books, but louder. Ever since I can remember, I've loved going to the movie theater, intentionally burning myself with hot butter and trying to sue the theater. But as much as I like the movies, there's nothing better than seeing one crash and burn. The new Hollywood release, Dear Evan Hansen, is inviting internet mockery and an unwelcome reception from critics, not the least over its decision to cast 27-year-old Ben Platt in the role of a high school student. One reviewer called the age-defying portrayal disturbing, while a writer for The Guardian wrote, the attempt to make Platt seem younger somehow renders him both older and inhuman. An act of near-sabotage so distracting, it basically renders the movie unrecoverable. You're telling me the is supposed to be 17? 
I'm pretty sure I saw this guy at a strip club in the 80s. And nothing against this actor. He's talented. I'm sure he'd be a fantastic lead in a movie about a guy going back to school for his second master's degree. But I find it very hard to believe this kid recently grew his first pube. It doesn't matter how good an actor is. If I see anybody that old in a high school parking lot, I'm calling the cops. And yes, I'm also in the parking lot, but not because I'm a creep. I'm just there to sell them beer. <laughs> but let's be fair to dear Evan Hansen. Hollywood has a long history of trying to make its stars appear younger and an equally long history of failing at it. When you see the next Will Smith and Robert De Niro movies, you may be shocked to see the actors looking decades younger. The Irishman drew attention for its extensive use of digital technology to de-age the actors, allowing De Niro and others to appear to be decades younger. At age 76, he's joked that the technology will allow him to prolong his career indefinitely. Yes, digital technology, a force so powerful, it almost gave LeBron James the ability to act. And while the Irishman was able to make De Niro's face 30 years younger, there was one small issue. His body was still old as shit. Look at him trying to beat up that guy. The Tin Man is watching that scene going, and I thought my joints were up. If you ask me, the most impressive thing about this scene isn't the CGI. It's the actor who's pretending to be injured by De Niro's orthopedic shoes. And this is the problem with trying to de-age actors. At a certain point, it just doesn't work. I mean, yes, Robert De Niro is one of the greatest living actors, but the man is 70. Of course he's gonna move like C-3PO with shingles. But hey, as badly as dear Evan Hansen and the Irishman failed, at least they put in an effort. Because the truth is sometimes Hollywood is too lazy to use weird makeup or CGI effects to de-age their actors. Sometimes they just throw an old person in there and hope nobody notices. Hannah Montana's brother was a 29-year-old, 16-year-old. Sonny and Rizzo were twice as old as a high school teenager. And those girls from Pen15 must be like, what, 35? My point is, Hollywood has done this for pretty much every actor in the entertainment business. It's desperate. It's embarrassing. And God damn it, I want in! That's why I've made a reel showcasing just how young I can pull off. Roll it. Dude, I just saw Kyle's tickety talk. Mrs. Greenfield totally busted him for vaping during algebra. That is so raven. I don't want to go to soccer practice. I just want to stay home and watch Paw Patrol and eat that lollipop. Oh, I broke a veneer. <laughs> Will someone please give this poor baby a titty? Hollywood, I'll be waiting. Thank you so much for that, Lewis. When we come back, the one and only Rosario Dawson will be joining me right here. So don't go away. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. 
Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is actor and producer Rosario Dawson. She's here to talk about her new series on Hulu that looks at the opioid crisis in America. Mm. Oh, damn. Yeah. Welcome Where's to the, the show. Where's the lie? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Where, where is the lie? Let's mm-hmm. jump straight into it. Yeah. Um, congratulations on the new series. Thank you. It, it feels less, like a, less like, a, like a fiction and more just like a, a documentary, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, Danny, I think, did an interesting kind of amalgamation of mixing real life personas and sort of caricatures of people. My character is in, you know, sort of a composite of multiple different people. So there were scenes where he would say, one of these people that your character is based on, this is word for word what happened in the meeting. Wow. Which was very chilling. And that particular person, when reached out to um, for those scenes, did not want to participate in this story. So that definitely spoke volumes to me that I couldn't interview her. Um, because of how devastating going after this case was for her and personally. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. If you had said to me at any point in time, a giant pharmaceutical company would be found guilty of purposefully getting people addicted to their products that then you know, created this giant drug epidemic, I would think, oh, we're gonna see people marching away in handcuffs. You're gonna see just like this giant shutting down of the company. Yeah. And, and as you go through in the show, I love that you show like the, 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 the inner workings of how money from the right sources can just almost fix anything. Not just that too, but like looking at the time frame, like there's a whole thing that gets revealed a little bit later, but for a lot of people know and remember that Giuliani was the lawyer for Purdue Pharma. Right. And this is after 9-11, he could do no wrong. He was like the political darling of the time. No one was gonna cross him. So there's so many different moments and beats like that where you see really good people have very important information and still not necessarily make the right choice Mm -hmm. because of pressure. So it comes from so many different angles. And I think the human tragedy of this is all the human error that went into it. And I hope that what has been the lasting conversation of like the narrative that came from Purdue Pharma that the real evil people are these addicted people who yeah, are ruining yeah. it for real pain, you know, people really have pain, that I, I, I really hope that that shifts, that narrative changes, because the only people putting money behind the narrative has been Purdue. And right. for the first time, Hulu, Disney, like they're really putting some energy Everyone's seeing dope sick posters everywhere. This is the counter narrative that we've been waiting for a long time to break away from that stigma and start having leading with more compassion and empathy towards the addicted and all the people involved in this terrible crisis. You have a personal connection to this because I, I, I know you've spoken about how members of your family have struggled with opioids and the after effects and the addiction thereof. Like, so when, you, when you're telling the story, is there a part of you that f- like looks for the catharsis? Is, is there a part of you that goes like, I need to tell the story for more than just acting's sake? My heart is racing right now because literally as I was walking over and turning off my phone to airplane mode, being responsible, one of my family members who was, his whole life was deterred because of heroin. And he just texted me that he's watching it. 
And it's so interesting because he's a huge reason as to why I wanted to do this project. Wow. A lot of people, we shot this in Virginia, have yeah. very personal connections to this story. And it, I don't, it's, I'm just, my, that's why my heart's racing right now because I just sat down. That was the last thing I just read. And it's weird. I don't know why I'm surprised by that. I wasn't expecting him to watch it. I'm not, I don't know why, like really I was doing it from thinking about the experience and my life and like so many things that I've come from. And I've, I've talked with Beth, Beth Macy who wrote the book Dope Sick. Her next follow-up book actually is on harm reduction. And my mom was one of the first people known in all of Manhattan and the Lower East Side who was handing out clean needles specifically because of people like that. this family member because it was a, a very stigmatized practice but was really necessary. And now with all these years, people see how helpful it's been in stopping the spread of HIV and AIDS and other STDs. So again, all of those things fed into me wanting to do this and still wasn't expecting to get that text. Like, I cannot wait to have this conversation with him later to see what he thinks. Do you think growing up in a family of activists, and I mean like activist activists, I think a lot of people these days use activist in like their Twitter bio, hashtag activist, and I get that they have good intentions, but but there, there is an activism that's on the ground. You know, you, you, you know, your family was part of that. I was interested to read about your, your, your clothing brand. And I was just like, this is an interesting model. I've seen very few brands where they say, no, this thing is made by Africans, with Africans, in Africa. You know, it's run from Ghana. This is the thing. It seems a lot harder, first of all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it seems a lot harder. <laughs> that's a bit challenging. But, but, it, but it seems like there's a purpose behind it. So Studio oh. One at Nine. Talk to me about that journey and why you chose to go with, in my opinion, the hardest way to create like African clothing. Well, um, so I'm, you know, partners are everything. And I met this wonderful woman, Abrima Erwia, when we were teenagers. And she went into fashion, Bottega Veneta, yeah. Hermes. I mean, she wanted to be able to figure out how she could use fashion as an agent of social change. She was studying Muhammad Yunus's work, which is talking about social enterprise and social business. So building into your business the structure that recognizes people along the supply chain mm. and all of that kind okay. of stuff. And when I took her to the DRC with um, V-Day, which was opening the City of Joy there, we saw what it meant when you invest in community and you invest in people who are going through hardship, it's it's not charity, it's work. And you give them the dignity of that work and being mm. able to put their own children through school. And so that's what we wanted to do is like, why with all these companies she's working in, made in Italy has this reverence. Yeah, yeah, it does. And those tailors and seamstresses generationally been able to impact their communities. But when you see something made in Africa, it's haggled, it's considered, uh, you know, um, a charity, you know, and it's the quality isn't, isn't appreciated. Right. And, you know, we are saying, screw fast fashion. This is slow quality fashion, which is not ruining the world. It's ethical, it's sustainable, it's all these beautiful things. You know, we want to, something that says made in Africa to be considered to have the same quality as something made in Italy or someplace else. Well, as someone who was made in Africa, I appreciate that. <laughs> I really do. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And uh, congratulations on, on this new show on Hulu. I hope that when people watch this, it'll, it'll shape their views, not just on addiction, but on um, the people who've been allowed to perpetrate that addiction. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you. for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. The first three episodes of Dope Sick are available right now on Hulu. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org.
That's trinityschool.org. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go, please consider supporting the National Indigenous Women's Resource Center. It's a native-led nonprofit organization dedicated to ending violence against native women and children by offering culturally grounded resources, technical assistance, and training, and policy development to strengthen tribal sovereignty. So if you want to support them in this work, please donate at the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember... If you're looking for a Halloween costume, don't go as the tire elk. I call dibs on that one. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.